Hello, creative, and welcome back to the Empowered Creatives Podcast, finding confidence between hustle and burnout. I'm your host, Victoria Hines, creative career coach, helping creatives just like you navigate those twists and turns in your creative career. I'm very excited about this week's episode because it's a topic I haven't talked about, but it is something I utilize and have been utilizing for years. These are tactics that I've built up under my tool belt so that I can make my life and my work life more enjoyable. So this episode is really for individuals who haven't yet leaped to the point where they can run their own business. So you're not yet a freelancer working with clients. You don't yet have an LLC. So you still have that nine to five job, whether you love it, whether you hate it, but you're still working in a workplace and showing up and doing the work so that you can get a paycheck to build the life that you want. With that being said, you know, a lot of these workplaces, um, if we go back to the burnout episode, can really be a stressor in our lives. They can cause a lot of stress because we have so little control in this realm. When we run our own business, 100% of the control lies with us. It is the beauty and the curse of being a business owner. And it's why I love being a business owner. It was a wake up call and to wait, I get to run a business how I want, when I want, for who I want. This is incredible. But even I am not at that point where I get to do that 24-7. So I still have to show up for somebody else. And when those negotiations are happening, when we are having to show up in another workplace, that can be stressful. It can be the people we're working with. It could be the culture. It could be changes, mega changes that are happening in the workplace, like a riff or employees are coming and going. Your workload is changing. There are so many different things that can cause stress in that job. So what I want to talk about is how to start asking for changes. So we talked about in a few episodes past about negotiating and really trying to make your space, your work, work for you. Now, those negotiation tactics can be challenging. Some of the changes you might be asked for, this could include a salary raise. This could be cleaning up your job description because your role has ballooned or you're not clear what the expectations are based on your job that you are in now. It could be asking for specific projects or opportunities for growth. It could also be asking to change roles completely because you're realizing that the role you're in right now just isn't challenging you or lighting you up or isn't for you at this given moment in time. I, little uh, info, I have had to negotiate every single one of these things that I have prior mentioned. So been there, done that. I've been on that rodeo before. So if you're needing um, specific advice, definitely hit me up on Instagram and I'll go ahead and message with you. But with that being said, when things aren't working, when your job is stressful, when your workplace is stressful and it is invading your creative life, when it is taking your mental energy, your time, your space, your um, your serenity that usually you get to use and devote to your art and the thing that you want to be doing, when it starts encroaching on that, then it is time to negotiate for some change. 
So before you do this, you got to figure out what's not working, which there's many, many episodes in this podcast that will touch on that and give you some guidance there. But once you've figured out what's causing the stress, what is the biggest stressor that's happening? Now you got to go to the table and negotiate. And this is terrifying. And it puts you in a very vulnerable position. So I want you to give yourself the grace that negotiation is scary. I will also caveat this. You you know your workplace best. You know who you can talk to, who you can negotiate with, who you can barter with. And there might need to be different tactics, approaches that you take. There are also workplaces out there. There are people out there who won't listen, who, who you know deep down inside have a personality and a culture that is just not going to meet you where you're at. So that is something you're going to have to figure out on your own, whether this is something you can cope with, that you can live through, that you can make some adjustments personally, um, knowing full well that negotiations with this business that you're working for might not work super well. So, but with that being said, let's say you have an open-minded manager, maybe you have an open-minded team, Maybe you have an open-minded workplace and you know that you can speak up. So here are nine steps to negotiate tough changes. Hey there, creative. I have a delightful invitation just for you. Imagine diving even deeper into the incredible world of living your life as an empowered creative, including more tips, tricks, and advice arriving straight into your inbox. Sounds pretty cool, right? Well, guess what? I've got something special brewing and I don't want you to miss out. Introducing my oh-so-awesome bi-weekly email newsletter. It's a vibrant community bursting with passion, curiosity, and the love of building a creative life. By joining my newsletter, you'll get first access to new promotions and launches, as well as my welcoming voice in your ear every other week. Also, I'll share with you my creative career audit worksheet, a secret tool myself and clients have used during our own career transitions and pivots. So don't miss this opportunity to be my pen pal, as well as deepen your connection with fellow empowered creatives by heading to www.victoriahines.com or following the link in the show notes below. Thank you for being such an incredible listener. And I really look forward to sharing this exciting journey with you through both the podcast and my newsletter. Now, let's dive back into the show. All right, step number one, you need to identify your company's motives and culture. This is important because you want to get yourself, your brain, into the mindset of who you are talking to. And it doesn't matter if it's your manager, the CEO, HR department, if you can speak the language and speak to the business value that your company cares about, you're going to have a much easier time negotiating. So figuring out what motivates your company, what does your company care about is important. There's a little term I think I've brought up on this podcast before. It's called non-promotable work. So there's a lot of work at these companies. I'm not going to super dive into that topic on this episode. That could be an entire episode in and of itself. But non-promotable work are the tasks, the things you do day to day that really just are not going to lead to a promotion. Why? Because ultimately, your company isn't looking at that to promote individuals. 
Let's take, um, for instance, a sales organization. Typically what they're going to care about are closed deals, maybe expansions, um, new logos to an account. Um, if you're brand new to the sales world, this might be terminology you've never heard of before. Um, but let's say in marketing, marketing campaigns, they're going to care about number of individuals that you reach, number of individuals who get converted to buy your product, uh, number of individuals who end up attending an event, um, how many events that you are working at or um, those projects you're working on. So if you catch my drift, so you really got to take a step back and say, what does your company care about? And what does your team or role or your department really care about as well? What do they value? Step into their shoes so that you can understand what they're going to be looking at, what they admire when you go to the table to negotiate. All right, step number two, know your worth. This is probably the most important step and the hardest step in this entire nine-step list. Knowing your worth. It is very easy to just feel like another number, to feel like your work doesn't matter, to feel like you have no control over everything happens to you. Like if you're already in a space where you are having to negotiate change, there's a strong possibility that some of your worthiness, maybe your um, self-confidence has wavered a little bit. So I really want you to take a step back and almost like a little bit out of your body a little bit and go into a disconnected version of yourself, almost like you're looking down on yourself. And I want you to be honest. What are your skills at this job? What have you accomplished? And again, step out of yourself, look from, look from up above downwards. I want you to really write out a list of what have you accomplished, even if it doesn't feel of value. The second thing, I want you to do some research really figure out what are the industry standards for compensation, for job descriptions, for um, job titles, as well as their rank in the company. Spend a little time doing some research, especially if what you were looking at is wanting to renegotiate your job, title, description, or salary. Spend some time on LinkedIn, Payscale, Glassdoor, whatever you name it. Um, do your research so you have some sort of idea. Ask around, ask friends, even reach out to people who are in similar, similar roles. I also want you to document your achievements. This is actually really great to do um, if your company does any sort of quarterly or annual business reviews. More likely than not, you've documented this at some point in time. However, if you're putting that into some system and never copying and pasting it and saving it, onto a file that you will forever have access to, then you are missing out. I really want you to go ahead and document everything that you have achieved in this position in your current role. All right, step number three, set clear goals. You have to get super clear with what you are asking for. What do you want to achieve or change? I also want you to go ahead and write this down. Having a roadmap and written down clear goals will help you articulate your aspirations when you start having conversations with your manager or other individuals at the company. All right, step number four, strategize with a trusted peer. 
this step can be game changing. This is where you actually begin to role play and really get a second opinion on your tactics and your strategy to approach the business in order to reach your goal. So this can be either internal or external support. This could be a coach, like a career coach or a business coach, or this could even be a colleague. So somebody who deeply understands the business, whatever, whoever this person is, make sure that you deeply trust them. You want to make sure that you have a trusted space of privacy where your conversations aren't going to leave that conversation, if that makes sense. If it's somebody that you work with, you want to make sure that this individual is, one, not bitter or resentful. If they are highly bitter, resentful, they're not in a good place at the company that you're working with together, then nine out of 10, they're not going to be super helpful in you negotiating or figuring out that next step. This actually happened to me before. I've I've tried to have some really tough conversations. I've tried to continue to navigate how to make my work life better. And I found that if I went to somebody who was already at the tipping point or who was ready to leave, that was never the best person to talk to because they needed they needed space. And frankly, I've been in that position when I've left companies before of it was on good terms, but I also had some traumatizing experiences and I needed some space in order to process that and didn't necessarily want to be talking about it all of the time. Uh, The second person or the second thing you want to make sure if you're talking to a colleague is you want to make sure they have a knack for strategy or they're very good with working with people. Those two skill sets are going to be key because they're going to be able to hop into the role play and really understand based on your goals that you've already set. They're really going to help you understand and see and navigate the terrain that you're about to be crossing. Step number five, effective communication. This is key. And effective communication starts with the initiation of this conversation. The best thing to do is go ahead and reach out to whoever you're talking to and give them some idea of a heads up. It can be vague. You don't need to go into the details here, but you do want to let them know that uh, a serious conversation is coming of sorts. So let's say you're going in for a salary negotiation. It could start with, hey, manager so-and-so, really looking forward to this 30-minute meeting next week. I'd love to talk about my accomplishments this year and what else that I need to do in order to hit a promotion and X, Y, and Z date. Thanks so much for your thoughts in advance and looking forward to chatting with you. Something along those lines. Giving them some sort of heads up. If it's a stricter topic, if it's a harder topic, you don't really want it to be set in stone. You can sort of skate around it a little bit and just say, hey, really would like to talk to you about a workplace situation and how we can make this situation more of a positive workspace for all. Maybe something like that. Whatever you do when you go to have this conversation, you want to be clear and you want to be confident. Practicing effective communication skills, both written and verbal ahead of time, can also prepare you for this, what's going to be a very tough and vulnerable conversation. You want to be concise and assertive when conveying your ideas, needs, and concerns. The best thing to do is, if you can, keep the emotion out of it. I am a massive empath, and I will fully admit that I've had some conversations at work where I was not able to keep the emotion out of it. 
Not that I got angry. It's usually um, sadness that would pop up. However, those were also moments where I was not fully prepared to have that conversation, which that's usually why it occurs. Because I did not do enough processing of my emotions outside of that setting, I ended up walking into the conversation still needing to process those emotions. So the more you can keep the emotion out of that, that actually puts you in more of a position of power and makes you more able to negotiate. I also want you to rely on the data to back up your asks. This is a really, really, really great way to also keep the emotion out of it. So having that list of accomplishments, having data points that cannot be disputed, in adding those into the conversation to point out maybe some flaws that are going on or some gaps that are happening, all of those things are helpful and will show that you are coming from a place of compromise and that you want to help instead of hostility and negatively challenging the workplace that you're in. All right, tactic number six, set a timeline, not an ultimatum. Setting ultimatums in tough conversations like this never goes well. If you use any sort of language that's a threat, let's say, I really need to see these changes happening or I am going to leave on X, Y, and Z date. I need to see these changes happening or I'm going to post a very negative review. That either or situation isn't going to get you far in a collaborative negotiation conversation. So leave that out of it. Even if you know in the back of your brain that that is your boundary line, in this case scenario, since this is your first conversation, it's really best to leave that off the table and keep that to yourself. So I want you to set a timeline for yourself, not an ultimatum. And one of the hardest things with working with companies and businesses, that timeline could be different. So make it realistic. Meet the other person where they're at. For instance, I remember a negotiation I had where I was very frustrated with expectations shifting about every single week. This was actually pretty early on in the pandemic, so there was a lot of challenges happening at this company and business. And I understood where this company was coming from, and I personally was no longer doing good work because I was having to scratch it and throw it out the window every single week. So instead of setting a timeline or having a breakdown, um, the best thing to do in this situation was I going to my manager and saying, hey, I really would love to know what are the overall company goals, top three goals for the next six months do you think this is something that you can get to me in three weeks? And posing it more as a question, posing that timeline as a question is something where you can gut check if this is doable or if the timeline you've created for yourself is maybe out of, out of reality. All right, step number seven, routine check-ins and document the progress. So you've done the hardest part. You've asked, you've negotiated for the change that you are needing. Now it's time, unfortunately, for you to wait it out. But you don't have to wait it out in a silo. You can go ahead and start setting routine check-ins every now and again. Maybe it's every week, maybe it's once a month. You're going to have to gauge the best timeline for yourself. You want to make sure you're not 
knowing anybody or pressuring them too much and always run a check-in by somebody. At the end of your conversation, your initial conversation, you could also ask, hey, would you mind if I swing back around to this topic in a month? That always gives, that opens it up to you getting permission from the other person you were negotiating with to circle back around to that conversation on the timeline that you were looking at. So setting those routine check-ins, adding them to your calendar, reminding yourself, as well as documenting the progress. This says two things. One, it gives you the data points if something goes wrong, so you have those in your back pocket. Two, it also helps you see if movement is being made or if the change you are asking for is pretty stagnated. All right, step number eight, and this is the hard one. Should you stay or should you go? So let's say you've done these routine check-ins, you're documenting the progress. You now have a choice and you have to look at, is the change, is there change happening? Is there movement in the right direction? And is that movement happening on a timeline that works for you? Or are your expectations not meeting the effort that you're putting in, that everybody else is putting in, and therefore you're going to find yourself continuing to be stressed in this position? At the end of the day, this is only a decision that you can make. I definitely recommend doing a very simple pros and cons list here of what's the benefit of staying, what's the benefit of leaving, what's the benefit or what's the con of leaving, what's the con of staying. And that can be a logical way to approach it. But at the end of the day, you're the only one who's going to know. I've been in situations where I've negotiated and nothing happens, nothing's changing. So I really didn't, that was my, that was my Hail Mary. That was my white flag. That was me trying to calmly, confidently, and directly ask for what I need. In that case, I had to choose to leave. I've had other situations where I've gone to the table, I've negotiated, I've asked for what I've needed, and maybe it doesn't happen on my timeline, but I do start to see the small shifts taking place. In which case, I knew in my gut, it wasn't time to jump yet. And I knew I needed to wait this out a little bit longer and see if the change that I wanted really occurred. So some of the um, challenges you could face are if you're going for a salary negotiation, let's say funds at your company are tight. Let's say they've lost a bunch of clients, they've lost a ton of projects, we're in the middle of a recession, um, something else happens, or the market has just taken a downturn. It's going to be very, very hard to ask for a very big promotion. So in that case, there might be a piece of you that's going to have to either negotiate for something smaller or change the negotiation tactics, or at that point, maybe look for another job as well to see if you can find something with a higher salary. If there is a culture issue, so let's say this is a business where the culture is very much it's their way or the highway. It's a silencing culture where people are not allowed to speak up. It's a culture that's based on fear and keeping people in line. Unfortunately, your negotiation tactics are probably not going to go very far. And it's going to be a lot longer and harder of a chess game in order for you to get what you want. 
So for some individuals, that might be great. Um, but I'm guessing for a lot of you, especially as creatives, that's going to be a pretty toxic work environment that isn't going to last probably very long. Step nine, take the high road. It is so important for us to stay true to our values. And I feel like when I see people not taking the high road when they're making an exit, it's either because they feel the need to stand up for something because their values have been crossed or they're bitter and resentful and wearing that on their sleeve. Could be a combo of both. If the values are the piece that's at play, you're going to be the best to know what you should do next. And I do think there is value in making a last ditch effort to boost up the people who will follow in your footsteps. Now, the way to do that, though, is to remember that there are always human beings on the other side. There are human beings who are going to get hurt and everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. And it's important to any feedback you leave, make it from a place of still encouraging them to be better. It's the best way you can give feedback. All right, creative. Here's your one thing this week. I want you to think about a change that you're needing in your full-time job right now. Maybe you're needing some better boundaries. Maybe you're needing to not sit in on that Monday morning meeting because it's not adding any value to your work. Maybe you're wanting more challenging projects or a promotion next year or a job description that's more aligned to what you are currently doing. Whatever the case is, I want you to brainstorm what's one way you can make your current full-time job just a little bit better. Write that down and then see if you can start using any of these tactics to start negotiating for that change. All right, creative. If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. And until the next time, Stay creative.